and I got a haircut on the same week. I don't understand how this, like, our like our schedules are synced up. I had parent-teacher conferences, so I had to. I, okay, well, that's what I mean. I got an interview with the bank, and, like, I, so I'm like, I gotta... The only incentive we have to not be total slobs is that we actually <laughs> other people. do somehow, yeah. yeah. Other people well, are going to see me. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I was not even that conscientious about it because like I had Tim and Alicia in the house for like five days or whatever. And I saw them every night and my hair was like, I didn't get a haircut till today and my hair looked like shit all week. So they, they like, it was, it's specific people. Like I have to go in and talk to somebody about a professional matter. So I need to get cleaned up. Tim's coming to the house, me being baked and him drinking beers and playing Spider-Man means, yeah, I don't have to deal with my fucking hair. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. I feel the same way. It's like, normally it's like just my kids and my kids are no, like have seen me, you know, shaggy or, but the moms come in and they're like these perfectly polished Gangnam moms, you know, like they're like really, really rich and plastic surgery and things like that. (laughs) And I like, if I don't look halfway decent i'm not gonna go over well with anybody so you should just take a picture of your older brother be like this is what my layabout graphic designer older brother looks like most of the time be happy i even show up yeah not looking like a homeless person most days (laughs) because this is what's in my gene pool like this is what could happen what could happen so yeah yeah all right guys welcome to dance robot dance episode 155 a show where we talk about all the geeky things in all the world. I'm joined by my brother Mark in Milton, Ontario. Say hello, Mark. Hello. How's everybody this week? And I'm joined by Tim in Atlanta, Georgia. Does anybody actually like answer you in your head when you ask that, Mark? Is seven or eight people? Yeah, actually. that's it's kind that's, of a problem. That's it's worrisome. Problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially now. So, like, since we've recorded last, my house is empty. I live in a four-bedroom house by myself while I wait for somebody to return from Korea. So I'm just, like, living in isolation now, and I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. But the voices in my head are getting real loud. So I'm like, hmm. It's gone from whispers to Greek chorus at this point. Yeah, I might need to start finding, like, some people to just hang out with, aside from doing, like, a two-hour podcast with you guys on the regular, like, every week. I need to find more people to spend time with. Ah, it's overrated. I agree. And hi, guys. I'm Paul, and recording from Seoul, South Korea. Doing my thing across the across the world, you know. Indeed. So I like that mug actually. That cute little Pikachu mug. Yes, going we're real like I'm feeling real casual this week. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Just kind of shambling through the opening. It is really good though. It's a good one. Yeah, it's from the the sepia tone collection of. Uh, they had like a whole thing about like sepia tone Pokemon stuff at the Pokemon Center in. Is this Tokyo? I, I've been to three different Pokemon centers. I think pretty sure it was the Tokyo <sighs> one. Neither will that brother have been to a Disney park. Well, not, like, not until recently, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul went to Disney. We did a whole fucking episode on it. That's true. But Paul's been to three fucking Pokemon worlds. You know what I mean? Pokemon so. centers. They're, they're basically just like glorified yeah, whatever, gift whatever. shops. There's not like... They are fucking amazing, and I love going to them. I've actually planned another trip to Tokyo for maybe that reason. So anyway. There you go. <laughs> Let's get into the news because there's some stuff, you know, there's some stuff that we should talk about. Kind of skipped it last week because we, we had some shit to get through, literally. Oh, yeah. Legit. Yeah, we had, uh, that was quite the experience last week. Thank you for everybody who returned after listening to the last week's episode. <laughs> so I don't even know where to begin then because in Zack Snyder news, 
Zack Snyder <laughs> is going to be doing a Norse mythology anime for Netflix. Wow. I didn't realize that was an anime. Yeah, yeah. it's an anime. I mean, to be fair, like he seems to do pretty well on the mythology stuff. Like 300 was one of the best things that he's done. So, yes. but yeah, I give no shits about a fucking Norse god anime, really. So, yeah. and to be fair, like 300 was a good adaptation of a story that was like pretty okay. I have I have a lot of issues with 300, like the whole like the Spartans weren't gay. There's no gay Spartans, and I'm like, that's the yeah. whole thing about Sparta thing that they're all about you know like all 300 of those guys were like banging you know whatever convenient erasure but yeah so Zack Snyder is in charge of a project and that's that's a sad thing sometimes I don't know (laughs) there's a lot of weird interesting Netflix stuff that came out this week because there was like a story about like how much money there's like one movie and I don't know what the movie is but it's it's coming out of the Rocks production company where they gave like him, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds like twenty million each to show up in this movie, and I'm like, that's the most expensive movie like ever. Apparently now, just because they want to pay two hundred and something million dollars to make a movie and pay sixty million dollars to pay those three people to show up in it, I'm like, for somebody who doesn't release numbers, it's an interesting practice. Yeah, yeah. To, you know what I mean? Like, how many people are watching that and making it worthwhile for you to do? So, indeed. Yeah, and what's the what is the movie even about? Is it like a, an action film? Do we know anything I, about it? Honestly, most of the speculation on it is that it is a big budget. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego starring Gal Gadot? <sighs> what? Along with no, this is just the joke I heard on Reddit. I'm just joking <laughs> yeah. right now. But like, this is what in my when I started thinking about it, I'm like Ryan Reynolds in The Rock chasing down Gal Gadot as Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. If it's a little bit more blue than like I'm thinking about the kids show, yeah. like if it's like an adult version of that, I'm like actually, you know what? I would watch that movie because I bet you it would. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I watched the Netflix Carmen Diego animated show, and it's like it reminded oh, me yeah. why I liked it so much, and why like it's been kind of an enduring franchise for the last what twenty years, twenty five years, thirty years. Yeah, well, it started like, as a PC game, right? Like it was one of those old like edutainment. Yeah, I had PC one games. of those. Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, I remember playing it at, in on the IBM's at Immaculée Conception, our uh, French elementary yeah. school. Back in the day. Yeah, playing it in French, too. Yeah. Like, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, if, if we got an, an adult Carmen San Diego show, I would be incredibly happy. I don't, or movie. I don't think that's yeah. what it actually is, but I was just like, I saw that on Reddit, and I'm like, that's a really good idea. Like, I would, I would watch yeah, that movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're actually making. Even if it's just, like, tangentially that, I'm like, you know what, I'll take it, because it's basically the movie I thought was going to be anyway, but it, I would watch that movie, so... And now go. I kind of wish you hadn't said it, because now I really want it, <laughs> and it's just like, I'm <laughs> yeah, never going to get it. <laughs> it's, I'm sad yeah, I now, thanks. No. Well, I uploaded that guy into the stratosphere when I saw that. I was like, well, actually, you know what? That would make me watch it. Like, I would watch that movie. I don't really care, usually, when they announce Netflix stuff yeah. like this, but... We're spending a lot of time on this for no reason. <laughs> yeah, <why not? laughs> the trailer for Maleficent Mistress of Evil came out and Michelle Pfeiffer's still looking good. Just saying. Well, she was she looked fine at the end of uh, Endgame when she showed up for yeah. three seconds. So I would assume she still looks yeah. okay. I knew you were gonna bring it up, so I watched the trailer. Yeah. Looks fine. I didn't hate the first movie. I didn't think it was great, but like oh. considering what they're doing where they're just now just taking the scripts of the old movies and like throwing them into a live action setting. I actually like the effort that they're putting into world building around yeah. Maleficent a little bit more. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a little bit happier that they're taking the time to expand that universe as opposed to just being like, Hey, 
Remember that 80 minute movie that we made like 20 years ago? Here's a 120 minute version of it. It's exactly the same, just with more current jokes yeah, in it. Yeah. And a big all star cast. And yeah, yeah. and like John yeah. Oliver. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I, I'm not sure I always like the way that they're taking the character of Maleficent since I have such no. a huge love for the original. Just like she's just a- that original. It's, it's hard to make Satan compelling hero unless you really like fuck with the satan formula and she's basically the devil in that movie so yeah it's a tricky character to make i don't know sympathetic i guess it's weird that they bother but at the same time i'm glad that they do but you know i'm i'm torn by the maleficent like i did also like the original one except for like the whole stealing wings as rape allegory thing that i could have done without but maleficent from the original sleeping beauty was so awesome because she was just spitefully pure evil and there was no reasoning behind it this is just who she was mistress of all evil and that was it and this is like well now we have dimensions to our characters and it's like i don't know if i want that but (laughs) hey well this is the same argument we've been having for the past five years or however long we've been doing this pod it feels like eternity (laughs) sometimes but like however long we've been doing this podcast about the necessity of a joker solo movie guess what october boys like it's happening so we're just there's no no stone left to be unturned anymore. Wolverine has an origin story. The Joker's going to have, I guess, an origin story. It's over. Everyone gets an origin no story. You there. get an origin yeah. story. I get an origin story. We all get origin yeah. stories. Great. So, like, just no mystery left. Yeah. Let's keep going. I am so. vaguely intrigued by that Joker movie, but we'll get there when it comes I out. am, too. Like, the trailers look very, like, the trailers yeah. look interesting at the very yeah. least so there is that but it, it's just like do i need yeah. that no but we're, we're gonna we're gonna get it so i'm gonna have to go watch yeah, it. i mean if we're not going to get any more original ip ever again which this is what seems to be the case is that we're just no it'll just start in comics and then they'll get licensed over to movies the same way it's happening yeah now, like yeah it's just like yeah i don't know i just I, there are a few things like that have been optioned as IP that I'm more looking forward to than like rehashing, you know, Maleficent or more Batman stuff. But it's fine. I'm probably still going to go watch it. That's my thing. Is like I'm always going to take more Batman. If somebody wants to throw something new at me, great. But like I don't want to not yeah. have Batman too. So like I want all of it. Just yeah, you know, it'd be nice to see something new every once in a while that wasn't just <laughs> Avatar. Yeah. Speaking of IP that just won't die, the next Evangelion rebuild movie has the first 10 minutes of footage released and it's fucking batshit crazy. So was the series though. Like that's, is that a surprise? I mean, the series itself is like, I don't know. It it is kind of, kind of a mind fuck, mind fuck fever dream. Definitely involving giant robots and uh, pubescent teens and all that stuff. But this, like the, the rebuild movies are basically like an, almost alternate universe fan fiction version of Evangelion. It's like, hey, this is what you guys wanted. Here's Evangelion, but like full action craziness. And it makes no sense, but it's very entertaining. And so I'm looking forward to it. If you guys haven't seen the rebuild 1.0, 2.0, check them out. They're fucking weird, but they're really, and they're beautiful. Yeah. The only Evangelion I ever watched, you gave me the original series at one point and I sat through it. Uh, it was a tough sit. Uh, I have never seen yeah. any Evangelion, so I have nothing to contribute. Well, it's on it's on Netflix, guys. You can watch it, it on is, Netflix. Definitely going to watch that as soon as we finish this episode. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it's the original. Uh, it's the original series, the original. and it. I believe they also have the end of the Evangelion movie, which was probably one of the most depressing things I've ever watched. Like among the most really selling things it I've there. ever watched. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, I, I will watch it again, probably because it's on Netflix, except that I can't because I'm in Korea. I can't choose Japanese voice English subtitles. So that kind of sucks. They only have Korean subtitles mm. for I don't know why they block out English subtitles in different countries. Anyway. The Nintendo Switch Lite is coming out, guys. If you guys didn't want the docking feature and you just want to carry around your Switch all the time, there is a Switch for you. Or like way cheaper, like 200 bucks yeah. instead of like 500 bucks US. Yeah. This is the uh, 3DS replacement. Like this is the yeah. Switch like taking over the entire uh, Nintendo family, like just replacing and getting rid of the 3DS slash. I mean, it already yeah. had, but now yes. it's just at the same sort of price point as the yeah. 3DS was. So, yeah. well, that's what I mean. Like, this is the version that, like, I mean, I'm not buying, I don't have kids, so I don't know what you're, I'm talking about, but like, if I had a kid, I'm not buying them a $400 full yeah. Switch, right? Like, if they're yeah, under yeah. 10 or whatever, but I will totally buy them like a $200 one they can play Pokemon on and leave mine alone so that it's still intact yeah. when Metroid yeah. comes out. Whenever yeah. that happens, I can see the the viability of this. Is like a lot of people were complaining that it wasn't a Switch Pro and that they were they're like going lower oh, end instead of going higher end with the higher resolution and things like that. But you know what? I th- they do know that you know this is Nintendo <laughs> they're dealing with, right? Like that's their whole thing is that's the market segment that they go for. It's casual gamers and like the chipset yeah. that they use in the the Switch hasn't upgraded itself to the point where like actually doing a a pro version of the Switch, like where you can actually get upgraded into 4K or like a real performance mm-hmm. enhancement happens. Like that's probably post- now that Navi's come out in the uh, AMD uh, video card line that technology will start to spread out into other pieces, but it's still not available on the switch, like on that low at like mobile chipset mm-hmm. end kind of thing. Anyway, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Just whatever. It's a cute little piece of kit. If you have kids for me, it's yeah. pointless, but it's an in totally the, like I knew exactly what I was like. Yeah. It's exactly what Nintendo always does. It's going to release. It's like kid version of this so that when seven year old tosses it yep. at a fucking wall in frustration, you're not like out 400 bucks, you're out 250 bucks. <laughs> so that kid still deserves to get hit, but he doesn't deserve to get hit as hard, yeah. I guess. I don't know anything about raising kids. Don't <laughs> yeah. take that advice. <laughs> comes in some cute colors, and there is an exclusive Pokemon Sword and Shield version with like decals of the box legendaries. Shocking, really? There's a, a Pokemon yeah, variant to, yeah. this, <laughs> to the Nintendo console that, that they're, they're trying to actually sell kids. marketing in places other than Japan. I mean, like the before switch came out oh, yeah. like th- there were a lot of 3ds versions of like pokemon 3ds or the ds versions that were japan exclusive because japan loves limited edition stuff and they didn't think that there was a market for that in north america but guess what <laughs> all the people who are fans yeah. of like nintendo series would love personalized stuff and so they started releasing yeah, I mean, they've done, uh, they did mm-hmm. Zelda versions of some of the consoles. Like there was the Zelda, we have the mm-hmm. Zelda Wii U, we have the Zelda, or Alicia's 3DS is the Ocarina of yeah. Time 3D one. That fucking cost me an arm and a leg to find because it sold out right away and I had to get it on eBay. Those are interesting things too, because like, I don't buy special edition consoles ever. I'm, I tend to be a launch purchaser. Like I buy stuff like this, the standard mm-hmm. deck when it comes out. Yeah. I've never owned a, like, because I remember when they started doing this, like around Nintendo 64, kind of going into Xbox, the original Xbox and PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. I guess, generation, where you would get custom 
shells for the consoles. And I was always mm-hmm. like, I don't care about any of this. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> like, who goes out and buys another console because yeah. they want a decorated version of it? Like, is, is usually what my question is. Because, like, they they do them now where it's, like, the pros. And it's, like, there's a Spider-Man version of the PS4 Pro. And there's a God of War yeah. version of the PS4 Pro. I'm like, do people actually go out and buy, like, a whole new fucking deck to play these games on? It's crazy to me. The Nintendo ones are usually launched. Like, I think the Ocarina of Time one came out when the 3DS launched because Ocarina of Time 3D was a launch title for it, and Wind Waker HD was a launch title for Wii U. So that Wii U one, it wasn't like it came along like six months or whatever that was, later. That was way later. That was that wasn't a launch title for Wii U, was it? I'm pretty sure Wind it, Waker was. HD? it was. Either way, again, again, yeah. a lot of time on something that's kind of superfluous. Um, <laughs> so we're on Switch. Yeah, Switch works. I yeah, it's a it's. It's a good idea, and I, I'm not going to buy it, but I see I see what they're going for. Yeah, that market segment, like that's that's a market segment that Nintendo yeah. always serves. So like that totally makes sense. And they don't have to buy two different yeah. games. I mean, like that that was one of the things. Like 3DS games were their own thing, and yeah. Wii games were their own thing. And now they're merged into one console. You only have to buy one set of cartridges, which is pretty cool. Yeah, or just have it digital and be shared yeah. across your accounts, yeah. etc. Yeah, well, if you yeah. could do that with the Switch, would like you to. Walk me through how because <laughs> well, I imagine that there will probably be a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there'd be a way to do that between like the switch and the switch yeah. light or whatever. All right. Next thing I saw was we're getting another Power Rangers reboot because <laughs> I used to love Power Rangers and I actually liked the Power Rangers reboot movie from a couple years ago, but they're rebooting it with a different cast. It, it seems like they're doing a totally new thing <sighs> again. Two years ago, 2017. That movie did okay though, didn't it? Like I actually remember it doing like not great. I think so but, like, it, yeah. it did okay. So like, wh- like I didn't hate that movie. Like it wasn't great, but I mean, for a po- what was I expecting for a Power Rangers movie? Like, yeah. What were you expecting for a yeah. Power Rangers movie? <laughs> Basically that, and I was like, they gave me what I wanted. I guess if I really wanted anything yeah. out of that. So like, why reboot? Like what did they give a reason for a reboot, or it's just? They want them to play teenagers and they waited too long to re-grab that cast. And now well, all, like, you know, 20s, like they, they like saw it as a failure, the the 2017, because they thought that it would have been bigger, I guess. And ha- it's like a Hasbro thing, right? So they want to sell toys. And if they. Oh, that's right. You know what? I know why. Because Hasbro just bought all this stuff out. Like Hasbro owns the mm-hmm. rights to Power Rangers. Yeah, like Saban. Yeah, Saban used. So that was, I think that last one was still made under Saban. And that Hasbro thing happened in between. That's probably what's going on. Because they have their own production arm now that deals with like Transformers and GI Joe and like any kind of multimedia application of yeah. those franchises. Don't ask me how I know that. We will get into that at some point in the future. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's an interesting yeah corporate world where and you know what I mean where things are getting bought out still. Like it's not just Disney Fox. Like this kind of shit happens all the time. And sometimes we see weird decision making processes in movies that we're like, why would you do that? And then you look in the background, you're like, oh. It's licensing, yeah, yeah. It's all everything got bought out, so like nobody owned the rights to those. Like that movie basically probably exists without actual real licensing anymore because the Saban company doesn't exist the same yeah. way it did before. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to some humorless remake of this, so they can sell more toys. Should be should be a blast. Can't wait for like the the <laughs> blue ish grayscale coloring for. Well, I guess they kind of had that in the other yeah. one too. So eh, it's all fine. Whatever. Yet another reboot. <laughs> See what else do I have? I think that's all I've got. Does do you guys have anything else? I think I, I'm sure I missed something big. <laughs> well, the issue is is that we didn't do news last week, so there is some big stuff from the year before that we didn't get to talk about. 
the biggest the one before. Yeah, week before. The biggest one being the Sandman Netflix oh, series. Oh, yeah. That got announced. Very expensive Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're throwing a bunch of fucking money behind that. And Neil Gaiman, I don't know, you know, what his... He's obviously going to be involved. I doubt he's going to be, like, show running, but... Well, he won't show run anything ever again, he yeah. said, after Good Omen. So yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah. But I heard he's going to be, like, involved. I was listening to... I've been listening to Fat Man Beyond this week, and, like, Kevin, uh, Mark Bernard, are a little bit more involved. Like they know Neil and stuff. So yeah. I guess, like, he said, like he's going to be in the back. Like, yeah, he's he's EP, but not like yeah, he's yeah, he's executive producing along with David S. Goyer, who our listeners might be familiar with, is very involved in those DC TV shows. David S. Goyer, did he not write Batman Begins? Like he basically yeah, in the in the two thousands, if a comic book movie happened for some reason, David S. Goyer was involved, attached to. It. Like, to he it was some way. He wrote basically all those movies or he was involved in all those movies like on both sides of the street too like batman x-men spider-man like his name was attached to yeah i think he was on blade too like he was attached to a lot of those early comic books yeah so so yeah i mean that's that sounds pretty fucking cool if they can and i think that works well as a netflix series because they've got like a little more budget than you're doing just like a fucking cable network Mm -hmm. or something like that like if they can pull in maybe some of the creative teams that worked on like the Marvel Netflix shows, you know, that sort of tone I think would work pretty well on a Sandman yeah. series. As long as Neil yeah. Gaiman has some involvement, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Like yeah. I, I'm excited to for casting yeah. on this one. Like I, if they don't nail like the casting for dream and death, like that's going to be a problem. But like, I, I feel like they could do it. Well, it could, it can be worse than like, there was a there was a time when that was going to be Joseph Gordon Levitt and it was going to be a two hour movie. Yeah. So like I think whatever we get at this point is probably going to be a little bit more. Like I don't like hate Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, but like he was not going to be. He's you know, not going to be Dream, but like, well, I yeah. mean, he's got yeah, pretty he's... good range. I don't know. We'll see. But like, I like Dream is such an asshole. Like I want like he's got to be like yeah he's got to be very handsome, but such a prick like all the time, just like petty and malicious. And like only occasionally re- having redeeming qualities, because yeah, describing. I'm hearing a lot of David Tennant <laughs> again for some reason in my head. David Tennant can do anything, so just like cast him in everything. Yeah, you could, well, actually, I would. I'd watch him do that. I think he might be. He's well, not, he, he does he it, as much as I love David Tennant, and I find I do find him attractive. Um, he is, he doesn't have the stature for it. Yeah, he should be prettier you know? than that. Like, yeah, I I would yeah, say yeah, we true. need someone a little bit. But more. hey, man, CG. Yeah. But neither does Elijah Wood. You know what I mean? He didn't have the stature for his role either, and they figured out a way to do that. <laughs> so it's true. true. This is true. And like I've, I saw, I watched Stranger Things this week. Like they spent some fucking money on that show, so I'm yeah. excited for what they're gonna do for this. Like it looked really good this year. Yeah, so it did for sure. If they're gonna spend that kind of money on Sandman, then this could be this could be quite the adaptation. Yeah. So when we were talking about those, all these Disney live action adaptations, uh, the two big bits of news. One is that Lion King. Uh, the early reviews are starting to come out, and they're basically saying, "Yeah, this was totally unnecessary, uh, but yeah. looks pretty." Yeah, yeah. If everyone knows how to shoot those movies, it's just like, "Do you care again?" Is basically yeah. what the question is yeah. about them, right? So, yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and knock and fives. I don't. <laughs> I haven't watched any. Of, I haven't watched any. Of the the only one that I've watched is is well as John Favreau's is uh, Jungle Book, but yeah. that one yeah. was uh, yeah, I which was good. I but, skipped Aladdin. Yeah. I'm gonna wait for that to be downloadable at some point but like yeah i really don't care about the the lion king remake for me is like the the most unnecessary of unnecessary ones it's like you're making you're remaking a cartoon yeah. as a cartoon like it's not even <laughs> exactly it's so weird yeah just a different kind of cartoon 
it's like an expensive expensive cartoon yeah. i understand that but it's still like it's still cg like yeah. it's still puppets yeah. you know what I mean? at yeah. least the trailer from mulan looks pretty different from the original source material like because i remember it does that. and it looks like it's wow. pretty pr- gonna be like pretty culturally sensitive which is cool i've i've only ever watched mulan like fucking once so i have no investment in that one whatsoever but i had a lot of investment eh. in the songs but i still have the songs so i don't need a music live action musical version of it it's fine i can still yeah. uh, introduce my my students to I'll make a man out of you and sing along with it all the time. It's so good. Yeah. And then uh, did you guys talk about the black aerial controversy? Because... No, that was the other one. The, the uh, yeah, was the internet, the internet, you know, fucking tiptoeing its way around being racist over a black aerial being Halle Bailey, one of Beyonce's sort of like protégés. Did anybody else get really confused? When I first read it, I thought it was Halle Berry. I honestly it was yeah. like, I thought it was Halle Berry, so I was like, I, "I'm actually, I'm kind of into this. Like, I'll watch that because how are they, they got the they got the de-ager. Like, I love Halle Berry, yeah. but like Ariel's 16, so like, how are they going to make this work? And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, oh!" And then everybody had to be oh, like, "Oh, this is you know, I don't like this because it's erasing redhead characters and shit like that, and like every fucking bit of mental gymnastics to avoid the fact that it, say, it was just straight up racism yeah. as to why they were not happy with it." I mean, to be fair, you, you're all buying into a fictional exactly. character. Exactly. <laughs> that was mean? the like... best one that I saw was some fucking asshole that was trying to say, like, mermaids live deep under the sea where there's no sunlight, so there's no need for a fucking for mermaid to have melanin, melanin in, in her skin. And we're like, Jesus. Oh, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> go away. In this fictional fucking magical creature world, this is where you've decided to impose fucking like scientific logic is because you don't like the color <laughs> and this is where this conversation ends for me because i'm like if you're having you're having an argument with that dude no no there no. was no argument all was, you need to, you just need to walk yeah. the fuck away because <laughs> if that dude's having that argument you're not changing yeah. his mind and that dude's too stupid to change his <laughs> mind anyway so let him vote for trump and then away. hopefully he'll yeah. die because he won't fucking get his kids vaccinated and he'll catch smallpox <laughs> and everybody will wipe out around him wait that was yeah. real dark <laughs> So I just watched Deadwood again. We got to get to Geek <laughs> yeah, of the Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to talk about my yeah, Deadwood thing. So. I, I give no shits about a fucking live action Little Mermaid remake, but yeah. I also have no fucking issue with a black girl being cast as Ariel because yeah. who the fuck? Why not? Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah did you guys sure. catch the video of her singing Unforgettable? Because her voice is insanely good. But I've heard her she's singing. Got a great yeah, voice. She's I, got I, fucking I, pipes. So yeah. 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 I am most interested to see who I get to see shirtless as king triton for the runtime of the movie so i was trying to figure out how you were going to bend this back around into something where you're you're, where you're disgusting (laughs) but i'm not allowed to be disgusting in the same way because i'm straight and you're not like i just i love these but at least backwards carnival triton is age appropriate (laughs) never mind it's fine anyway yeah i never said anything about ariel i'm wondering who they're going to cast as ursula that's what i'm curious about because that person's got to be like that person's got to be fucking on the ball i don't even talk about looks i mean they got to be all like perform like that's going to be the issues there are i mean melissa mccarthy had been like floated for it and i think that was just probably hopefully just a rumor but like the issues are if they don't cast well they should probably maybe consider casting like a trans woman because the fucking yeah because the fuck yeah or a drag queen because the character is fucking based on uh divine 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or potentially a black woman because it's obviously a very fucking vampy character as well. There yeah. are plenty of big girls on RuPaul's Drag Race with yeah. good sets of pipes that like a lot of people have been floating Ginger Minge. She was a season seven finalist. That name in a Disney press release is never fucking happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just not... Because I know it's not dirty, but it sounds fucking dirty. And that's not going into a Disney press release as their Ursula. Like, it's just not going to happen. It'd be amazing, but it's just not fucking happening. They'd give her a real name. They'd have, like, I don't know how they would get around it. Because, like, you're not, no. That's a marketing, like, just. Yeah, the problem. Anyway. See, the, but that's Disney talking out of both sides of its mouth in some ways because you know the original Ursula being based on Divine, who is like, if yeah. you've ever seen any of the John Waters movies with yeah. Divine, like, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not saying they yeah. may not use a drag queen. Yeah. I'm just saying that like Ginger Minj as a name in a Disney <laughs> press release is going to raise a lot of fucking <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. Like it's too close, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's yeah, the question. For sure. I guess we let's move on to Geek of the Week then. Let's do Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. This is the segment of the show where we talk about the geekiest thing we did this week. So let's start with Mark. Mark, what did you do that was super geeky this week? Well, I've done a ton of super geeky stuff this week, but I really like I we didn't talk about it last week and it was last week when I watched it, but I watched the goddamn Deadwood movie <laughs> finally. So I watched the entire series again and then I watched the movie. That is still the shining star example. Like it's the best show HBO has ever mounted. I'm convinced now, again, now that I've rewatched it. It is supremely well acted and well written. The fact that I'm, you guys have never watched that. Have you watched that, Paul? Not yet. Oh, man. <laughs> you have to watch Deadwood. As a writer, it would make Ooh. you weep. Like, just weep openly at how well written and how fleshed out every character is. To the point where I'm watching, like, the the cast reunion today, like I'm still, I just want to be in the world a little bit more. So I'm watching a cast reunion when they just did the movie and Timothy Oliphant's telling a story about a scene in the movie where like a, a crowd is gathered to like mob somebody and like beat the shit out of somebody mm-hmm. in the street. And instead of one of the characters saying like, I hope you die in the street or something like that. He, the character says, I hope the extra says, I hope you die in the street. Like my dad did. So even the fucking extra has like a little <laughs> bit of backstory to him. Like everybody's just got little dimensions to them. And like, I can sit there and watch Ian McShane just spout off his shit. Like the Deadwood soliloquies yeah. that he gets like all day, every day. Cause he is amazing. And also I relate way too much to Timothy Oliphant's portrayal of Seth Bullock as like the bully hunting rage. I don't know how to put it, but like the, just holding on to your rage at all times, like constantly internalizing, just being super mm-hmm. fucking angry. He does it so well. And I'm like, oh man, I feel just way too much sympathy for that character. So if you liked Deadwood when it was on, go watch the movie. If you haven't seen Deadwood, that's my geek cred this week too, is just go fucking experience (laughs) Deadwood because you owe it to yourself as a person who likes art to go watch that show. All right. Thank you. you And Tim, how about you? Deadwood. We talked about it a little bit before we got into Star Trek Nemesis last week, but I actually did some console gaming in Mark's basement. I played through, I don't know, four so hours of uh, of Spider-Man. About, you probably almost got a solid 10 yeah. hours into that game, actually. I played like an hour or so like the next morning before we uh, had to head out and stuff. But Okay. I thought yeah, you were playing so, a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I hard, as our listeners will know, I hardly ever play console games unless it's like on Nintendo. So 
definitely a little bit of a learning curve in terms of controls. And, and one thing I did figure out <laughs> is uh, it was at least in part because um, the X button, I'm used to it being in the Nintendo position in like the 12 o'clock position. And on PlayStation, it is in the six o'clock position. So a lot of the time I was getting prompted on the screen to push the fucking X button and my Nintendo instincts <laughs> would push the fucking 12 o'clock yeah. button. And mm-hmm. so. <laughs> now we had this conversation like while Tim was here and I was like, I'm a cross platform guy. Like I have all three decks, right? Like, so I have a switch, I have an Xbox one and I have a PlayStation. So like, I'm so button agnostic now that that kind of doesn't yeah. enter into it because even the Xbox and Nintendo that use yeah. the ABXY kind of configurations, they have them flipped. So it, that's fucking flipped compared to the Nintendo versions. And then PlayStation does its own version. All <laughs> yeah. of them suck. Like, I wish they would just unify yeah. them in some way, but like, it's never going to happen. I yeah. had, there's a mini game at the beginning of Final Fantasy IX where you have to do a kind of like reaction button time Simon says thing where it's like press X, press down, yeah. press that. And if you don't get 100%, then you miss out on an item early in the game. So I went from knowing the PlayStation one to doing it on PC to then doing it on the switch. Mm. And it was fucking maddening. What kind of controller are you using on your PC? Are you using an Xbox? I'm using an Xbox controller. Oh yeah. So so there you go. You're having the same problem as me, right? Because I use my Xbox one controller for my PC game. Like I've been playing Bloodstained with an Xbox controller on my rig. Yeah. And like, yeah, the button props come up. I'm like those track, right? Because I look at the controller and it's good, but like it says X and I'm like, my head is having the same problem Tim's does, where I want to I want to hit the PlayStation yeah. X, yeah. but it's the the PC X, and then the Nintendo X is above it. Like, yeah. they're all different. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. So yeah, that that mini game took me way longer. Than <laughs> <laughs> way longer. Yeah, quick time events. Quick time events when I was more platform jumpy, born in the 360 PS3 era. Mm-hmm. Like I would flip back and forth between those two consoles a lot more than I do this generation. Yeah. Well, I used to fucking fling controllers because I'd be doing that was the quick time mm-hmm. era also. So if I wasn't like 100% attuned to which controller I had, had in my hand, I'd be tossing <laughs> controllers after a quick time event. Like, oh, why did I buy this fucking Xbox? I'm used to PlayStation right now and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. I can understand why people just pick <laughs> one deck and stick with it sometimes. <laughs> uh, that being said, I I see, you know, why the game got such accolades. It was a lot of fun. There was a little bit of fucking, like, I did not give a sh- I don't want to fucking play MJ. Like, being a fucking investigative reporter, just let me fucking play Spider-Man. I get you're trying to pad out the game and whatever, but yeah, that was a pretty common complaint. But yeah, for the most part, it was it was a lot of fun, beautiful game, and uh, yeah, just fucking fun as hell to swing around New York City for a few hours or just wander around Fuck it. Off. Just wander around it like Tim did. <laughs> hey man, I let you talk. We got through that whole conversation without me saying anything. I got the one shot. I got to take that one shot. Hey man, you like fucking you know street level heroes, so I made Spider Man a Dude. street level hero for you, running around the streets of New York. <laughs> Thank you. I <laughs> misunderstood the meaning. Take it to a literal place. He just, he just <laughs> wants to be down there with his people. You know, Tim's like Tim's scientist brain is going way too literal on us right now. I think we need to move along. <laughs> yeah, what was your geek of the week, Paul? So I finally got to sit down and really dive into Bloodstained mm. because I've been taking my time on it. You know, I've been like exploring, enjoying the the feel of basically Castlevania Symphony of the Night too, and it's really good. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I don't. I wouldn't say that it has the 
uh, what's this? Like, there's something about the essence of uh, Symphony of the Night that's missing yeah. a little bit. It doesn't have there's there's like a je ne sais quoi about the Castlevania franchise period and that game in specific because you have Alucard finally you're in control of that character and stuff that like it also it yeah. mythologized it in our heads for twenty years, twenty two years, and also. So. It, it lacks some of the humor that Symphony of the Night had. You know, like they had the. Remember when you want to go underwater and you have to get the holy symbol and it's just a fucking. It's just snorkel. a snorkel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just like the little things like that. I like those touches in Symphony of the Night. But I also do like the fact that the librarian in Bloodstained, spoiler alert, is basically Alucard. And it's yeah. just. I like that. There's a lot of. I'm about. 40 50 through the map and okay. i just beat it today actually it's like 100 percent of the map and stuff yeah. so i'm gonna probably do that this weekend because it's it's fun and uh yeah. it's cool it's interesting too because it actually remained a challenge until the end like symphony of the night breaks real hard at a certain point where like you're just invincible and you're a fucking death machine that mows through everything that comes your way unless you like unequip everything but yeah like at that point, whatever. Where this game I found so far, like there are ways to kind of break it, but it yeah. makes you work for those a little bit more. So like I haven't really like completely gamed the game to the point where like I'm invincible just wandering around. Like I've gotten to, like I got to that last section and yeah. like I'm still getting my teeth kicked down my throat every once in a while. Like some of the even just like run of the mill in castle bad guys, like towards end game, still yeah. kick your ass like into your like level 30, 40 kind of area, which is Yeah, if you're not at, paying in, attention. Yeah, in sympathy, yeah. Yeah, in sympathies, like they were sorry, in symphony, that's not a problem you have very often. Like once you're level thirty or forty, you're basically a fucking yeah, you're a walking death machine. So yeah, I mean, there's one particular spell called Welcome Company where the it makes the painting spin around you. Yeah. That is kind of a game breaker. Makes it kind of easy. So I've been trying not to use that unless I'm like desperate for uh, beating a boss or something like that. Yeah. But other than that, it's like it's been the right kind of challenging where like it's, it can be a little bit frustrating, but overall I'm having a good time with it. So yeah. My problem is just like, I die and I'm like right at like, I just, I know I'm outside the door of like the next save point, like to make <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? And then I die and I'm like, God, God that's 10% of the map. That's 10% of map coverage that I'm just going to lose now because I died. Um, yep. they didn't stock up on potions or whatever before I made my <laughs> journey yeah. out into this unexplored section of the castle or whatever but yeah that happened to me when i accidentally took a higher route and ended up in a boss fight with a female vampire and yes yeah and, i had the same and, thing happen to me i got my teeth kicked down my throat in that fight yeah she night. kicked my ass so yeah. yeah but i'm glad that it's challenging it's a, yeah. it's keeping me engaged so yeah yep. all right it's time for the meat of the episode I had a tag too, and I fucking forgot what it was. Where are my notes? Where are my notes? God damn it! Failure. Spider meat. Atta boy. Oh, that's you know what. All right. So this week we are doing our review of Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, Expect glowing reviews. That's what I expect. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but like I, yeah, it was fun. Let's talk about it. (laughs) So, first impressions. Tim, what were your first impressions? Definitely did enjoy it overall. It was a lot of fun, you know, great humor. It was, it was, I think, a good sort of tonal shift for this first movie. 
in the MCU after Endgame. You know, it we obviously deal a lot with some of the harder shit that happened in Endgame. You know, Lost to Tony is is obviously a big fucking shadow over this movie. So yeah, I did really enjoy it. I did think it was pretty predictable in large part because, I mean, we all had it fucking pegged well before the movie just from the trailers. But that being said, it was executed so well that I didn't care that much that I knew going into it what the whole fucking plot was. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is like the whole spoilers are fine or like knowing how something is going to go down is fine. It can still have dramatic tension if you mm. do it well. There's one spoiler I really wasn't yeah. happy about, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Mark? What were your general impressions? Um, Overall, this is like exactly the kind of movie I wanted this to be. Like, this is exactly what I wanted this to be. So I was over the goddamn moon for this flick. Yes, there are potholes you could fling fucking Spider-Man through. <laughs> Absolutely. Did I know exactly what was happening the second the glasses came into the plot? Absolutely. Did it care at all? Not a goddamn bit. Because I was just like, this is spider. I'm experiencing spider joy again. And I fucking love spider joy. So... <laughs> This was great. They made three fucking dick slash jack off jokes in this movie. About <laughs> this is these people are my people. I am home. Thank you, Mark. No, That's you're far from home, Mark. No, I'm <laughs> that Wherever Spider Man is is my home now. Like that's just the way <laughs> it is. It's like where that Spider Man goes, I fucking follow. Yep. They're gonna make him the leader of the MCU. I'm doffing my cap to that yep. man. He's my my new Iron Man. Anytime. It certainly seems like that's what they're gearing him up yep. for. Wow, why would you, that, well? That's the, that's the Peter Parker role, basically yeah. in the comics, right? It's like he kind of fucks up, he kind of fucks up, but like they always kind of put him on the path to be. Well, he's always kind of like the conscience, the right, yeah. of like the MCU. Like he's the one that sort of you know you got like Cap, but like Cap can get like overly righteous, whereas Spider Man is sort of that like moral compass at the center, and sort of in the same way like Superman is in the in the yeah DCU. he's kind of yeah he's the also he's the everyman kind of yeah. I always like him to flash a little bit more on the DC side because he is that everyman in the group kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of an innocent um, idealist. Yeah, also an outsider to the group too. Occasionally, like he generally issues being in the Avengers, like in in the comics, like he's not a fan of working with teams and stuff. Not he a joiner. Like, eventually, like Cap will be like, "How the fuck's that working out for you?" And he'll be like, "Okay, all right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not working for me. I'll be an Avenger now." And like that's kind of where we are now, which is like perfect. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. My general impressions were that. So I saw this movie at a, it was 1am showing or 2am showing around, it was about 2am. I was, uh, cause my friend that I saw it with, he's a nurse and he didn't get off work until like super late. So I was, was expecting to fall asleep in the theater. I was energized when I watched this movie. Like it was so, it was yeah. so much fun and so entertaining. I didn't even have any caffeine in my system and I was like buzzed by it. It was so much fun to watch. So I loved the shit out of it. Yeah, I was definitely in that same boat. Like I, I watched this with Mark while I was up there staying in his house last week. And uh, I was fucking wiped because like we'd got in like real late the night before, had to get up early and go like start meeting with like real estate agents and shit like that in Toronto. It was a long ass fucking day. Can I just tell like just tell him how goofy Tim like I, you have to be a GTA resident to understand this. But I live in Milton, which is on the far west end of Toronto. Like I'm near Oakville on the other side of Mississauga. Tim made his goddamn <laughs> appointment for 9 a.m in scarborough <laughs> almost day. scarborough yeah <laughs> damn damn near the first night he showed up here like, like east, east york or some shit like that like, how stupid can you be you have to be a gta guy to get that but like yeah i was like that's a two-hour drive at 9 a.m he's like what 
And I was like, no, you're trying, you're driving. Oh no, I knew, I knew what I was getting yeah. into. <laughs> Scarborough is like Siberia basically now. Like, if yeah. you, like the joke is it, once your friends who are Toronto resident or like on this side of the city, like they're like, oh, we're moving to Scarborough. It's like, well, it was nice knowing you. Like, yeah. That's the joke basically. Some yeah, people call it Scarberia. Like it is, that is a yeah. thing. So yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like a joke. It's like, it is, feels just so remote from the city. Yeah, you just never see people that move yeah. out there ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so even though, at least the West End, like we have the like the airports around us, so like we're kind of tied to the city regardless. So, but like yeah. that side of the city, there's fucking nothing. So there you yeah. go. Anyway, <laughs> it was so, super. Fun. Like, I would my I might jaw hit the fucking floor when Tim told me that. It was like, <laughs> idea, but, but. Yeah. So like even after that long ass day, I went into this. We saw like a ten thirty or something like that showing. So yeah. it wasn't like middle of the night, but it was late. And I uh, I I was same concerns like fuck I'm had a long ass day I'm gonna fall asleep but no I did not sleep yeah, wink it was once I was locked in it was wonderful <laughs> you know yeah. yeah so with that being said we're gonna do pros and cons should we start with cons first because I think that our pros are gonna be a lot longer so yeah was sure. there anything that you disliked about the movie Tim let's start with you. Yes. So like I said, I I did find it to be pretty fucking predictable. Uh, Like, obviously, the big one is like the quote unquote twist with Mysterio being the bad guy, whereas he's framed as the good guy in all the trailers. I mean, it's it's, it was supposed to be some fucking huge reveal to us in the movie. But I think all of us and a lot of other people I'd spoken to kind of figured that out going into it, that the Eternals were not Eternals. The Elementals were all illusions, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that they definitely played overplayed their hand in the trailers on this. I think it would have been more a surprise for me if Mysterio actually did turn out to be a good guy, even if it was just for this entire movie. And then at the end, we find that he's playing us, you know, maybe and that's like a mid credit or end credit sequence or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and plus that now also like, you know, it was cool that he was making reference to the multiverse and stuff like that. But now that all his shit was made up, we have no idea if there actually is a multiverse in the MCU now or not. There's uh, most of the word of God around it has been like, no, it was all bullshit. Like they're not going to touch the multiverse. They're kind of letting that be your side of the aisles thing. Like that. Just yeah. But then the multiverse thing. So, but then like we we're still left with that whole unknown in terms of how all these Netflix or not Netflix Disney plus series are going to occur because vision's still fucking dead, but they have a fucking vision series and shit like that. And so they have yeah. a insane, Scarlet Witch series coming is what is probably going to actually be like yeah. that, that vision is going to be she goes crazy and it's all in her head or some shit uh, basically I, mean, I don't Scarlet want crazy Wanda but anyway <laughs> all right but like I don't know I don't know what else they're going to do to bring they yeah. have to bring vision yeah. back and like the only way it's, it's going to be like a legion oh. a legion or kind of series where probably. there's I don't know. You know a huge huge element of stuff like happening in a in a minefield kind they of may thing. be telling us right now SDCC is happening as we speak you know what I mean like they could be announcing yeah. shit in Hall H right now I don't is know is it is it happening so, this yeah. week or next week I it was july 20th it's i'm pretty sure it's this week because i was listening to kev talk about it so i don't know it's, i don't know how to look it up yeah i know it's yeah i don't know when it is exactly but but i mean they did at least refer the you know the world that everything was taking place of is the 616 yeah it was an icy strike but again now we have no idea if there's actually a multiverse mm-hmm. or not and then going along with that i th- thought that beck's death felt like a bit of a cop-out um, it was definitely a villain i'd be interested to see more of but now he's dead mm-hmm. so we can't yeah, but and mysterio is not dead though like that's you can go back to that idea yeah. 
in this universe. Yeah, but I liked Gyllenhaal in that or Gyllenhaal in that fucking role. I would have liked to have seen yeah. more of him in that. You role. could literally use him for the entire movie, and then just it be illusion, an illusion at the end, and then have dude who played Mikey or whatever the hell show up and be like, "Yeah, I was acting the whole time. It's Master of Illusion. I'm fucking Mysterio." Like, I mean, yeah. that's probably not what they're gonna do, but you, yeah. Can, do it a million different ways. So and he might not even be dead. We don't know. It's a nice, like I, if he is dead and permanently gone, I'm sad because I would have liked to see him as part of the sinister six. But yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my one thing where I don't think he's dead because I guarantee you they're working their way towards that sinister six movie that Amy Pascal has wanted. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and they, they fucking showed that like panel of like five villains or whatever with like a empty spot for the sixth one. It was like, come on uh, guys. Like that's, that's a little on the nose. Dude, you're you're confusing the movie with the game. Oh, well, that was in the game. Okay, yeah. I'm crossing my streams. That yeah. was in the game. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot of Spider Man that weekend. Yeah, Tim did get a lot of Spider Man. <laughs> speaks to so, the quality there's... of the game, though. That you, yeah. There you go. Yeah, game's great. Everybody should play it. If you're a Spider Man fan, you definitely owe yourself to get into that game. So the the other big thing where I thought that the trailers really overplayed their hands was I really wish that I hadn't known going into this that MJ was going to figure out Peter's Ooh. identity. That would have had a lot more power if I'd seen it on the big screen rather than in a fucking teaser ahead of time. So. Yeah. Uh, that that definitely took away from it. That's not you know necessarily a fault of the movie. That's a fault of the marketing. Yeah, yeah. They were walking an interesting line with the marketing of this movie, trying to like not tell everybody that Mysterio's the bad guy. In spoilers, that Mysterio's the bad guy. But like, <laughs> I mean, holy shit! Like, it's Mysterio movie, right? Like, you know, he's the bad guy. He's always the fucking yeah. bad guy. So, and with yeah. the the MJ thing, I yeah, I did kind of lessen the impact to know that she was going to find out. Like the fact that. You know, everybody finds out in the end is, hey, spoilers, everyone <laughs> finds out in the end, in the mid-credits sequence. But, like, the fact yeah. that she found out earlier on was... And figured it out and herself. did it herself. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it. Yeah. they owed it to her to make that a little bit more impactful. Because I really like Zendaya as MJ, and we'll talk about that later. But, like, yeah, yeah I agree. I think that the, mar- the marketing yeah. is what is the was the biggest problem with this movie because the whole idea is that it is mysterious and so showing less would probably be a good thing people are going to go see it anyway it's an mcu spider-man movie yeah. you know like well, that's, um, that was my question is like why do they have to even market this movie it's like hey, <laughs> hey you know how like the biggest movie ever happened a couple weeks ago and like this is the direct fallout of that like you want to see how spider-man deals with that this is all you have to do we're not doing any trailers we're not doing anything we're just gonna be like yeah. hey here's a spider-man movie that happens in the same universe that Endgame just happened in. Um, you're going to go see that. They're going to make a billion dollars just because they say that. So I don't know why they had to market it the way they did, but hey, you got to spend those dollars somehow, I guess. Yeah. And what else? The big plot hole for me was that surely Tony would have built fail safes into Edith so yes. that it couldn't have been used to attack or hurt Peter and it wouldn't have accepted his command to kill Spider Man. Yeah, then you can't do Peter's a big dumb idiot storyline which is so completely part of the spider-man story like <laughs> yeah that, that mistake himself like it's always all you need to do is like show you know one of you know mysterio's got like a whole fucking team of dudes working for him that are all like yeah. geniuses that work for tony so all you have to do is show one of them overriding that fail safe and plot hole mm-hmm. avoided and they yeah. didn't fucking do that so yeah that that was like okay i get that i'm supposed to spend disbelief here but like given you know how much of a father figure Tony was to Peter. I don't believe that that 
he would have overlooked that. Also, how paranoid he yeah. was by the end, yeah. too. Remember, like he was. Yeah, how many contingencies and everything yeah. he had, and yeah, 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 absolutely. So he was, uh, yeah, he was starting to lose his shit at the end there. Like he's constantly planning new stuff. So you would think he'd be a little bit more security conscious, but we do show, like they do say multiple times, and I'm not defending this. I completely agree with you that he was fucking super short sighted and couldn't get out of his own goddamn way. Like Happy basically says it himself too. He's like, yeah, Tony was his own worst fucking Ooh. enemy. Yeah. Half the time because he couldn't get yeah. out of his own fucking way. So it, it might have just been Tony fucked up and didn't think it fu- through through far but enough. To me, to like that line up. in terms of Either getting way. in his own way would be trusting Peter less rather than more and putting more fail safes on Maybe. it. And like, because he had the whole training wheel. Like, yeah, like he did with the Iron yeah. Spider suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The original Spider suit, even like he had all that, yeah. all that training wheel stuff was in the original Stark suit and Homecoming, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, who knows? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. We can argue about it all night, I guess. <laughs> and my other two gripes are pretty minor. The first one is the whole fucking Ferris wheel stick is real <laughs> overplayed. Like, in the, the one where they use it during the battle with the fire elemental, it's fucking cliche as hell now. Like, we saw it in Shazam like two months ago or some yeah. shit like that. Oh, yeah. That's true. That needs to fucking be given a rest for a Stay while. Stay away from Ferris wheels. Everyone in movies just yeah. don't go on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's the, it spells your doom. Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man loves those Ferris wheel shots, though. They do that That's constantly. That's because it's like so. it, yeah, visually, exactly. uh, like it makes sense because it's such an easy way to create the spider web. It is a spider web, essentially, like it, it's suspended yeah. in midair. Yeah. And so like I get in terms of motif why they do the Ferris wheel thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Tim. I was thinking the exact <laughs> so fucking same played. thing when I saw it. I was like, we, we did, did, I just saw this. Where did I see Again? this? And I was like, oh, yeah. She's- yeah actually, well, the first time I watched it, I think I, I made the same pullback. And I was like, did we just do this in Shazam? Like, <laughs> and and there was a fucking, I don't think there was like a fair. No, there was a fair, a bit of a Ferris wheel stick in uh, fucking Stranger Things, yeah. too. In season three of Stranger what Things. Yeah, well, it wasn't like, you know, oh my God, we're trapped and in danger or whatever. Oh, but they, they do the fair thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah there was a, that's, that's true. I didn't think about that because they get on the uh, the gravity thing like that. The, the Gravitron. Spin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was fun. Yeah. And my last most minor gripe was I had a little bit of trouble suspending disbelief at like Mysterio generating these like crazy illusions like on the fly because earlier were shown that you know especially like the one where he sort of trapped spider-man in it and like it's con- it's changing really quickly oh, and yeah. stuff like that considering earlier they've already established that they obviously have to put a lot of rehearsal and development and work into the illusions like they have that whole team of people that are kind of working together on it for the illusions of the elementals and you know they're saying like okay let's like have more explosions or whatever and shit like that so the fact that like Beck was just like, yeah, I can make this super intricate illusion that will trick Peter just fucking out of my head kind of thing was that was took was a little bit difficult mm-hmm. for me to buy. I assumed in that instance where like he's got those kind of planned ahead and it's just like looping, like queuing them up almost like a yeah, DJ maybe kind of thing, yeah. like had them yeah. kind of set. I almost thought of, you know, what made me think of this is such a fucking nerdy thing. Remember the Ardra episode of TNG where she's using the like whatever she's got a contact lens or whatever that controls all her little tricks like her cue like tricks that's mm. what i'm thinking of he's got that helmet on he's just queuing shit up yeah like 
what illusion is going to fuck him up or like how badly can I trip him up and pull that illusion in and cast it and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, maybe, I don't maybe know. something like that. Yeah. It's per- presets or something like that. Yeah, like They didn't explain it, but I was just extrapolating. Like how would I explain that away if I was going to write this and yeah. you know, actually explain it to the audience as opposed to just let them guess, I guess. So fair enough. See, I think my thing is when this kind of stuff happens, you get annoyed where I'm like, I treat it as a writing prompt. Like how would you explain that away if you were writing this? And then I disappear into it. So there's yeah. that. Those were my right. gripes. Mark, do you have any gripes that we haven't talked about yet? No, because they explained my big gripe when I was watching the movie. I was like, why is Nick Fury acting like such an idiot? Like, <laughs> so stupid. He should not be this stupid. He should have already checked. Quit. Like, he should have known Beck was not. Because like, my problem, like your your Tony problem I had with Nick Fury until they, they show you that it's Talos the whole time. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, he should know that he's not from the multiverse. This is Nick fucking Fury. Nick Fury, you don't get shit by Nick Fury ever. And the only reason you do get shit by Nick Fury is because he wants you to get that shit by him so you can he can teach Spider-Man a lesson. And then at the end, he's going to be like, yeah, I knew all this shit all along. I just let it happen because fuck you, kid. I wanted to teach you a lesson. But yeah. Instead, it was like they did the Talos thing. So, but like while I'm watching the movie, I was like, this is not right. And then the Captain, Amer- or the Captain Marvel line happened. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't invoke her name. I was all like, what? Yeah, and I was like, that's too much. That's, the, that's too much. Like, that's yeah. a scroll. Like, I'm like, we're in secret. I thought, admissionally, I was like, wait, we're in secret invasion time. Yes. We're getting scroll invasion is what I was expecting to happen. Doesn't look exactly yeah. like that. But yeah, that was my that my only big gripe. Was like, wow, why is Nick Fury acting like such an idiot? And then they like they were giving him adult idiocy. And I'm like, that's not a Nick Fury thing. Like, they don't think they would do that to the character. <laughs> but yeah, then they explained it away. So I didn't really have a ton of like gripes. I'm trying to think of anything that I really, because everything that I thought I was going to complain about, they started, they turned it into a positive Ooh. for me. So like, I thought I was going to, find betty and ned super grading turns yeah. out funniest fucking yeah. joke oh, in the movie or maybe one of them funniest yeah movie, but it really yeah it was yeah. great it was good so like all that kind of stuff or like every time they did something where i'm like oh they're gonna do this yeah. <sighs> they just flipped it and made me love it so actually the one yeah. part where they did the opposite where they're like oh they're going in a different way with this and then they're like oh they're doing the the standard thing was with the character of brad which was my great where he seemed yeah, he he seemed like a, ni- a nice enough guy, but like just kind of kind of shallow, whatever. And like I knew that MJ wasn't going to be interested in him at all, so I don't know why they necessarily had to turn him into such a fucking asshole, like and have him like secretly photograph Peter and stuff like that. Like the whole thing uh, with his character was just like I know that he is the he was supposed to, he's kind of the Flash Thompson, but. Not this Flash Thompson, because this Flash Thompson is like different. different, different, different kind of They're turning him into Venom. I guarantee you that Flash Thompson, as soon as they started hinting at his parents being shitty, I was like, oh, they're turning yeah. him into Venom. That's mm-hmm. going to be the Venom in this universe. So having him go so antagonistic where they didn't really need to because MJ was could have just been indifferent. And I like, I know why they did it. It's classic eighties love triangle nerd wins the girl's affection over the, the, jock hottie guy pretty jock. and i yeah, was like yeah, okay yeah. but yeah. like it was so such a like sharp turn became such yeah. a meme like yeah i think it almost worked for them in that it became such like fuck brad became like a huge hashtag yeah. last weekend because he's such a dick bag that everybody was like yeah fuck that guy like everybody the whole society was like yeah you know what fuck brad taking pictures in the back <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah well, yeah it was a shitty brad. thing to do but it just it felt like okay so this is actually his character over it was a little top. over the top considering they had set yeah. set him up being like this really nice guy and like uh, people a lot of girls were interested in him because he was actually genuinely kind 
And then it turns out he's just this, this jealous asshole who's after MJ. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. It, it was a min- it's pretty minimal. And like, it is, it stopped being a thing about like a third of the way through the movie. Cause I knew that Peter and MJ were going to get together. So that was fine. Like, Every once in a while, like having a throwaway character that you just make the butt of a joke, I'm like, that's fine. I know everybody gets sensitive about it now, but I'm like, you know what? That's how they did comedy for a long time. You make one guy an asshole. They already have Flash Thompson. Yeah, you got the heel, and that's the Walter Peck. But that's the Walter Peck. They they couldn't use Flash because now they have plans for that actor. Like that actor is going to do something now. So they're like, well, he's good. We're going to do something with him now. We need a new kid to be fuck Brad, basically. So (laughs) you got to have a bully. It's a it's a high school. I would have just been like. Maybe if he had been a little bit more antagonistic early on, and they, he seemed like an antagonist of circumstance at the beginning, which I kind of liked. Like it wasn't his fault that he we were mad at him because like it was just the circumstances of like them sitting in the the airplane together and stuff like that, and like it seemed like they were being pushed together by fate, and Peter was powerless to stop it. And then it's just like. Yeah, then he turns into such a fucking asshole. No, he's a legit and I was asshole. Like, yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why didn't they just do more of the, like, just circumstantial, they just keep getting thrown together, and then MJ's like, fuck this, I just want to be with Peter. That would have been a little bit of a stronger story beat for me. But other than that, that's my only gripe, so I'm, like, not... Yeah, anyway. So let's move on to the things that we really liked, because there's a lot of things to really like about this movie, in my opinion. So uh, let's start with Mark this time. Mark, what was like? What things like knocked this out of the park for you? Fucking everything. Like every time they <laughs> scenes, they were doing something that I was like, "Ha, this is great!" Like right from the top, like the the Comic Sans, "I Will Always Love You" <laughs> clip art, watermark, pixelated images, yeah. just fucking killed me. Like I'm a designer, so I've seen this shit. Like all this is my nightmare. <laughs> And I was just like, I fucking love this shit. You guys just get it. Like they're so fucking good at this kind of stuff. And I was, uh, I was mm-hmm. hooked from the start. So even that, like the whole interaction between Betty and the kid who's freaking out, like because there's no plan. Like who has a plan anymore? Like where are the Avengers? Oh, like I know it's yeah. supposed to be meta humor, but no, you know, and, and he's like, and my little brother like, is now my older brother. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like that shit was fucking bull. I was dying. I was like, oh, and they're calling it the blip. It's not even yeah. the snap, it's the blip. Like, how dumb a name is that? Yeah. I love it. Like, everything's yeah. so, like, realistically stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole, that whole recap of the blip on the morning announcements, like, that was all pitch perfect yeah. for me, too. And and I, I really want to see more of that sort of thing, but sort of in a Rashomon kind of style, like, yeah. from different viewpoints as we go forward in the MCU. I really liked seeing on the video, like, uh, the video in the gymnasium of the people getting de-snapped, because that was one of those things that I'd really wondered how yeah. it actually happened. Like, did, yeah, they just pop back into existence, but it was kind of like a reversal of the snap and everything, because we didn't actually get to see that in Endgame. And that was one of my issues with Endgame was we didn't get to see that. And it was cool, like seeing them like pop up, like in the middle of like a fucking game or rally or whatever. And the band members, yeah, just appearing out of nowhere again. I loved that opening segment, like just totally told me right off the top. They're like, they're going to do this right. And it's going to be super funny the whole time. So I was like, all right. Can I say that one of my favorite parts of that is just um, Betty's delivery and the entire thing. She's so that like um, honor roll student. Straight, straight like face. just takes yeah. everything so seriously like i know that girl i know that girl <laughs> we all know that oh, girl. Yeah. you were that girl 
you were that girl. <laughs> that's true. Then I started not caring yeah. so much, but like you and Lisa were both that girl for a little while. You drove me fucking nuts growing up because I was definitely never that guy. Yeah. So, but it was like for sure, like everything about it was super good. So yeah, the opening sequence, love yeah. it. My only thing now is I want to see it from an adult perspective. Like I get we saw yeah. the kid. That's the fun side, but I also want to see like I want to see Doctor Strange get snapped or like him dealing with the fall snap yeah. back or like, or like, like somebody like, somebody getting snapped that was on a fucking plane and then just plummeting to their death yeah there's that shit like, like that like that definitely happened <laughs> and what are they calling that also is that a thing are they calling that the battle of new jersey right because it's upstate new york so yeah. like the avengers had a big blow-off fight basically next door to like the avengers ma- or the x-men mansion i guess so like what do they call that now because it's battle of wakanda at the end of infinity war but like now it's just the battle of like what the fucking New Jersey Turnpike Battle or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Battle of Hoboken. Yeah. So, Whatever. Yeah. Is that what it is now? Like, I don't know. It's just funny. Because like I, that's why I want to see those adult Fallout stories. You know what I mean? So I'm disappointed none of the Avengers that are, are actually even around anymore <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Have to do it. It's going to be Black Panther that's basically going to be able to do that. So Anything else that you really, really liked? I mean, I got tons of stuff. Do you want to just sit yeah, here and go? Like, I can sit here and like, <laughs> the whole movie. Is like but fucking I'm amazing. Of like so like highlights, like things that you're just like, I'm really happy they did that, or that like oh, okay. really amped you up. Uh, happy Hogan, like I fucking mm-hmm. love Fab as Happy Hogan, and like the fact that he's so heavily used in this movie, just fucking perfect. No perfect having Happy there all the time, and the fucking love, like love yeah. connection with him and May, and so played so well. John Watts just knows how to make these Spider-Man movies right. Like he's so good at this shit. I'm like just. Let him make twenty. <laughs> Just go make twenty of these. Want so yeah. many of these. I also so good. I also like that she she kind of shut him down at the end of the movie. It's like we're just kind of having a good time, and Happy's like, "No, I fucking love this woman." Yeah. And like, yeah. of course you do. It's Marissa Tomei, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's like everybody else who sees her is in yeah. love with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did like. There's a point at the beginning while they're doing that bit where I saw Tim gasp at the same moment as I did because there's a weird cut where Spider Man locks looks like he's walking up through the curtains. And yeah. like his hadn't snapped back on yet. And I heard Tim gasped at the same point where I'd watched it beforehand without Tim. And I did the same thing where I was like, wait, did he, did he just walk out in front of everybody with his mask off? And then turned around. I was like, oh my God. But anyway, yeah. no, it's turned. Yeah, it was a good cut. Good, uh, yeah. good bait and switch. Yeah, it, almost, it got me for like a half second. I was like, oh shit, what's he doing? But oh. yeah, I'm trying to think like what else? I mean, Gyllenhaal was amazing. I, yeah, you have to take into consideration the layers of Sam Jackson playing a dude who is pretending to be another dude who's <laughs> always pretending to be somebody else kind of thing. Like there's all these weird things that Sam Jackson has to do to play that character properly now yep. in this movie. And he kind of nailed it. Now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, he was, he fucks just up off enough. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, huh? Cause I picked up on it, but like, I'm an obsessive. So of course I'm going to pick up on it. So I'm wondering if anybody else, grab that at first because like when he said the captain america thing i'm like whoa that's way too intense because they were just buds not like religious worship oh wait that's a scroll so like my brain hit it and i was like oh yeah but yeah sam Jackson killed that like that scene when they first get to venice and he goes to pick him up after he's been dodging him i like that too the fact that he's dodging the yeah. fury's calls <laughs> yeah. ghosting Amazing. nick fury yeah and then like the exchange when they're in venice and nick fury shows up like i was like and that. darts ned in the neck <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> and then like I don't know, like, I can just talk about the whole fucking thing. The teachers, like Martin Starr, in that scene where he yeah. just totally fucking oblivious to everything, and then Twitches. the other dudes, J J B Smooth, as a man of science, 
it's witches is like one of the my favorite lines in any movie of all time. Those two are some like, of my I favorites. Love- like I, I love both Martin Starr and JB Smoove. Like I've loved Martin Starr since fucking Freaks and Geeks, and I've uh, okay. I've loved JB Smoove like f- since like way back when he started on Career Enthusiasm. And getting a lot more of them on this as like the teachers and chaperones mm-hmm. was was so much yeah. fun for me. It was fun too because uh, Martin Starr plays Guilfoyle on Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and he it's totally a game type. He's playing a completely different character, but he's fucking so good as both of them. <laughs> like don't like. I don't see a problem. He's such a good like actor that like he plays Guilfoyle, who's just this like angry Satanist, like very taciturn, super sarcastic all the time, yeah. and then turns around and does this like plays the complete idiot, oblivious like, that little physical yeah. where he drops the camera <laughs> was so just genius. Yeah. Like three yeah. seconds of film or however long that bit lasted, I was like, this is so good. He's so good at yeah. this. Like buy him as an idiot <laughs> all the time. Yeah, just a bumbler. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think keep going. What else? You guys want to talk? MJ, like she was great. I like Zendaya. Yeah. Zendaya is killing yeah. it. Yeah. I think that I, her kind of like constantly monotone, low-key delivery is working really well for me, considering like Peter is it's like manic so energy. Manic. Yeah. And he she's just kind of like needs to say like two words and he's freaking out and she's just constantly chill. I love the dynamic that they have. Yeah. You must, you must drive her nuts after a little while like that. I just, <laughs> she's yeah. so like laconic and he's just even because I just watched a bunch of these movies again, obviously going into this, like I watched like civil war and all that stuff going through. And like when he's on screen, it's like me being on the podcast he never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about him. It's like the perfect Spider-Man thing. Cause nervous, like Spider-Man, in costume should always be talking, but it should be like, I'm talking because I'm too nervous to deal with the actual situation in front of me. So I'm just spouting my fucking mouth off. And he nails that timber of it better than any of the other two guys ever did. So yeah, mm-hmm. I always felt like Garfield was too cool and Toby never equipped anywhere near enough for my taste. So mm-hmm. I'd like the fact that got him just like motor mouth constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked in particular Peter and MJ's chemistry in this one as well. Like it's it's got like that perfect like awkward teenage kind of tinge to it. So I was really happy with the two of them playing off each other. And the reveal of MJ figuring out who Spider-Man is was in spite of the fact that we saw it in the trailer was still very well done, mm-hmm. I think. Like and when she kind of says like I was only like 60% yeah. <laughs> sure that <laughs> I was like oh you had to tag that in there that's great I love how he, he almost got away with it too where he's like I'm not sp-. he totally like kind of almost has her bind that he's not and then he just has to turn around and be like oh no wait fuck everything is fucked I am Spider-Man sorry I have to go <laughs> this is my existence now like this is the Peter Parker existence is like yeah I had to finally just blurt out in front of the woman that I love that I am Spider-Man but I can't deal with that fallout now because literally the entire world is about to cave in on itself and I have to go Spider-Man instead of deal with this situation. I was like, these guys yep. get Spider-Man. You fucking understand yes. Spider-Man. So, yeah. good time. Every time that Spider-Man gets a hint of happiness, he has to yeah. choose to throw it away for this, the, the... Greater good, guys. Great power, great responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. And they, can, they, they never have to say that line ever. Nope. They show it without telling and it's so good every time like i was re-watching that scene in civil war where he's telling tony like his origin and he, the way they just kind of like gloss over it i'm like this is so fucking good like it's so clever because you know what he wants to say but he doesn't say it because he just doesn't but yeah it, i always i just like the way they're handling that like i know it's i'm a big marvel fucking dork and <laughs> no constantly but <laughs> 
I do think they're doing a very, very good job of handling the Spider-Man character. So yeah. What else was great? Ned and Betty. I know we talked about it a little yeah. bit already, but the whole the romance begins and ends on in trip. a single vacation yeah. on yeah. the trip. And they're but the the way that they're like super chill about it after the fact, like they're like people who had been divorced for years yeah. and still friends. Like sometimes people just grow apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just I really love that that actor. Like the guy who's playing Ned. It's just oh man, I love him. He's so great. Yeah. Like, yeah. so great in that role so they're so genuinely adorable i don't know if you guys saw there's a, a video of tom holland mm-hmm. and the guy who plays ned and uh zendaya meeting the watch mojo woman and they they're like oh we love watch mojo and it's like oh and she says oh i'm the voice of watch mojo and they're like oh can you do the voice please and tom holland is just so earnestly like can you please do the voice so peter parker puppy dog and <laughs> yeah. when they do it they're like oh they're so excited <laughs> oh my god you guys uh, we need to link to this video when we uh on the facebook page because holy shit it's so cute and you know that it's like I don't know if they're acting, but it feels genuine as hell. And, <laughs> yeah. and Zendaya is just sitting there like, these guys are really into this and still just kind of totally like, just cool. Just yeah, like, she's super, whatever. Like, she, she always seems to be like the coolest cucumber uh, in the room. So yeah. I like, yeah, she's pretty funny. Great. Yeah. So yeah, more, more Ned all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Love, yeah. Love him. When he showed up at, at the end of Endgame, I was like, oh, give him a line. He's got to have something. They just gave him the hug. And yeah. I was like, all right, fine. I would rather see that, you know, conversation. <laughs> We need to talk about the Peter having his Tony Stark moment, redesigning his suit and everything, like really coming into his own as Tony's heir, because that was really great. That was such a good, like, little passing of the torch moment. You have, like, happy looking on, you know, little tear in his eye kind of thing. And tear in his eye, a little tear in Mark's yeah. eye, goddammit. <laughs> I was like, first time I watched the movie, I definitely, like, I was thinking it because you're they're forcing you to think it basically, but when they flip back and show Fabs again, I was like, Oh fuck, why do they have to show him? <laughs> I'm getting all mis- you pricks. Yeah. You got me again. They just keep getting me. I don't know. Yeah. No good. And then I really liked how they sort of played Mysterio into that whole like fake news kind of theme. You know, basically saying like I can manipulate people into believing whatever I want them to believe, because that fucking rings pretty true right now. Very much so. It's a very timely story, actually, the uh, the Mysterio story that they were telling us in this. Uh, yes, especially, you know, in the last even just like few months where there's been all this concern about like deep fakes and shit like that. And, yeah. you know, being able to basically make it look pretty convincingly like anybody is saying anything, you know, yeah. just with like a if you have a powerful enough algorithm kind of thing. So, yeah, and yeah. enough image sourcing. I know I was watching a special effects crew like recreate a special effects shot and they used deep faking to do it. And I was like, that's actually pretty good. I'm worried about this technology now. Yeah. Like it's cool for special effects, but like the real world applications of it are super Horrifying. very worrying. Yeah. 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 What else? And I mean, as always, I mean, it almost goes without saying at this point, the effects in the MCU are always good. This one was, you know, the, the illusion sequences, I think were probably the most impressive parts here, not just like the, you know, elementals and shit like that, but where, Basically, we are in the illusion, you know, kind of living it yeah, with like with with Peter. Spider-Man. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that gave me Spider Verse vibes too. Like yeah. it was stylistically, it felt like because things were shifting so quickly, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they took a cue from Spider Verse, but they, there definitely was a feeling of like I think you got your cues mixed up. Most of them were. It felt very similar to. Did you ever play Shattered Dimensions? Yeah. It was it. Yeah. There's a Mysterio segment in there. It's lifted right almost right from the video game. I think the PS2 one. 
And then also Arkham. They feel a lot like those Arkham Scarecrow. Scarecrow bits. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So that's what I like. I flashed to. But yeah, they were like for 2019 Mysterio Illusions. I was like, this is fucking, they just killed it. Like those were so good, Mm. like so well done. And exactly what you like, they did everything you expect them to do, even like to the point where they used the fishbowl and make it a fishbowl. I was like, you know what? You're doing it all. So just do it. Fine. I'm not going to complain anymore. Just make the movie and show me the movie. And like having Zombie Iron Man was a nice touch. Oh yeah. Well that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And like having him in the mocap suit and everything and kind of incorporating the fishbowl to an extent into like the real life mocap suit as well as, you know, the yeah. the actual illusion suit or whatever, the actual costume was a good touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like the the costume design and stuff like this in this movie was like I mean, it generally is spot on in the MCU. I like I don't know why they always seem to be able to crush it, but they always kind of do. But the Mysterio costume design, even like the hero costume design, I was like, I kind of buy that as just something that would happen in this universe anyway. But yeah, when he started getting into that practical, like still in, like implying the fishbowl mm. as the interface, I was like, that's great. Like they're doing it that way. Yeah. And then like all the Spidey suits in this movie, they look great. I always, I mean, I'm a fan of the Iron Spider, but that new quasi superior one that they use at the end, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the black and red yeah. Spider-Man outfits. As opposed to using the blue, that's the classic, like the real original look was the black and reds. So. Yeah. Makes them look creepier. I always think it makes them look like a, a more creepy kind of nighttime superhero kind of thing, which you would assume he would be because Night Monkey. Night Monkey. Night also, Night <laughs> such a good <laughs> fucking gag. Fuck me. Like, that is like the meme of the movie. <laughs> like, that has become, everybody wants a, like, I want a fucking Night Monkey movie now. Like, <laughs> Night monkey references in every Marvel movie from now on. There should always be like on the news in the background. Night monkey strikes again. Whatever they should be like, who the fuck's Night monkey? There should there should always be like in the next Spider Man movie. It should be J Jonah Jameson loves Night monkey, hates Spider Man. Yeah. We need a real hero like Night monkey. Yeah, uh, not not a terrorist like Spider-Man. yeah. Transplant Night monkey over to to the U S. and get him to fight Spider Man so that Peter can just be like. Just an extra level of God, fuck! I hate that guy. Like I just fucking hate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so, we, we're yeah. we, we're coming into J. Jonah Jameson, so we got to talk about the fucking like credit sequences too. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Having Spider-Man swinging with MJ and her absolutely <laughs> fucking hating it. Yeah, I like that. I was, I was like, you know, that would be terrifying in real life, but they always make it seem super romantic. But I'm like, actually, that would probably hurt like crazy <laughs> and very uncomfortable and loud so maybe not as much fun as you think yeah and once it all comes out and find we see in it was is in Times square yeah where there's the big tv screen and there's j Jones and jameson jk fucking simmons alex jones it's jk simmons in his super right-wing propagandist mode being like we know who spider-man is spider-man is a terrorist and like Mysterio had fucked with the the population and fake news to Spider-Man into a terrorist role. And they revealed that everyone now knows who Spider-Man is. And holy shit, I was like, God damn, <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. I loved it. I'm, I'm just super excited to have J.K. Were- Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson because he's so fucking good in that role. Even though that's yeah. like, you know, that's fucking Raimi era, but hey, you know, it's a different universe, yeah. I guess. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. He can be the same dude in two universes. I'm happy with it. I was super excited. I, I kind of, that was the spoil. That was something I got spoiled on. Like, I knew that walking mm. in. So I knew that was happening, unfortunately. Fucking Reddit. You know what I mean? Like, every <laughs> once in a while, it fucks you over. You know everything, but sometimes you don't want to know yeah. everything. So I knew that was happening. I didn't know they were going to do the Spidey reveal. Like, to me, that 
the J.K. Simmons thing is cool as shit, and I was super happy to see him and stuff. But the revealing Spidey's identity at the end, I was like, he was the only character in the MCU, like in the movies of the MCU, who kept his secret identity like a very guarded secret. Everybody else just seems to be like, I mean, obviously Tony Stark has been like, I'm fucking Iron Man since 2008 yeah. kind of thing, and has never hidden from that. And like, I don't think most of the MCU characters, the the Netflix guys a little bit more, but actually no, not even. Just Daredevil. So Daredevil and Spider-Man are the only two who have ever really fought to keep their secret identities in this mm-hmm. universe super hard. I, I thought it was weird that they pulled that sheet off, but at the same time, like, hey man, that's a Spider-Man story you gotta do, and they're doing these big Spider-Man stories, so let's fucking do it. Spider-Man on the run? I'm in. Like, I, I wanted that movie. I was like, I just watched a Spider-Man movie. Can I go watch that Spider-Man movie? Because I want to watch that now, too. I'll sit right now and pay you money to watch that <laughs> fucking movie right now. So, yeah. I thought that that was yeah. genius. Yeah, it definitely has me looking forward to the sequel for sure. I think that'll be make a very for a very interesting, yes, somewhat civil warish sequel because that story dealt a lot with the fallout of uh, Peter's identity getting revealed and everything. So yeah, yeah, they revealed his identity in, in yeah. Civil War initially. Well, yeah. I mean this time. Yeah. So, so what do you think the sequel is going to be called? Because we have Homecoming, Far From Home. Is it going to be Spider-Man Homebody because he's just stuck in <laughs> hiding for the whole If it's Spidey on the run, it's going to be Spider-Man Homesick. So yeah. there's that too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Ooh, Spider-Man uh, Homeless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like paper bag Spider-Man. Is he homeless though? Like, he's technically like the leader of the fucking Avengers now. Does he not like, can he not just like quash all of this? Like he, he has connected to Nick Fury. Like the problem with this is like they can write all this out before we even get to the sequel. Like they, they can just do this. We can theorize about it for two years. They can get into the beginning of the next movie, and him and Nick Fury can just be like, "Yeah, we Tony Stark this problem. It's fine." I don't think they will do that anymore. They probably yeah. won't, but you never know. They could totally do that. And then the other, I mean, we already talked, you know, about the Skrulls as you know being the ones that were actually fucking replacing Fury and Maria yeah. Hill. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. I maybe i just wasn't watching quite as closely i definitely was noticing like that they were making some questionable calls throughout the movie but like it didn't ever occur to me like oh wait it's the scrolls it's just that captain marvel line that yeah. was too far for me i was like if they'd not done that i probably wouldn't have clicked so quickly but it was like the fact that he gets super defensive about captain marvel which is such a difference between like we just watched Captain Marvel like a couple months ago yeah. and the entire dynamic between her and Sam Jackson was just like, they're BFFs. They're like just best buds that just hang out and do cool, wet, zany shit. Not this reverence kind of thing that we were Yeah, and the, the reverence, I was like, that's that's way over the top. I was like, ah, oh, shit, it's a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, like, I put it together on my own, so I was like, oh, I'm stuck now. Yeah. Now I know they're The one thing that gave me a little bit of a hint that something wasn't right was looking at Fury like close up, his eye scars like looked a lot more prominent in this movie than I remembered them looking previously. And at first I was just kind of writing that off as like, Oh, maybe it's just a continuity glitch or something like that. But I guess maybe that that was another thing that they were trying to use to tip us off that, you know, he wasn't a perfect copy of fury or something like that but i don't know i'd have to go i was actually i didn't think about that when i was rewatching movies because i was kind of working while i was just throwing them on netflix kind of thing mm. like to look at fury because i remember you and i talking about that like if the makeup had changed yeah at some point because i know they obviously did a different makeup for captain marvel to indicate that it was the claws but like i don't remember going back past like before captain marvel yeah and see that they still matched kind of across and like if they didn't i'd I wouldn't care that much, but it would be like really cool if they managed to do that across yeah. 
all those movies and then hit the cat thing and it's still the same scar. Yeah, well, I mean, they, you know, they all they're always taking like reference pictures and stuff like that. And I'm sure they're referring back to those when they go back to future movies. So, yeah. and then like at first I was thinking like, oh, it's, you know, nice to see like Fury and Hill taking like a more active like ground level role in the MCU again. Obviously, that was not really the case. They were just sending up some fucking dupes. Uh, but it, you know, it's cool. Then we get to see that they're clearly working at like a higher, much higher level, and they're actually trying to like fully fucking rebuild Shield, which will also make for some interesting future movies, hopefully as well. The theory going around is that he's not rebuilding Shield; he's building a separate organization. Sword. Yeah, he's building yeah. A sword. sword. So Agent Brand would be in the cards. And it's cool now because a lot yes. of agents that are that would have been verboten before because they're all mutants like Lockheed and agent brand are all now like on the table. So sword can totally yeah, be a thing with Fox deal. Brand. And now we can have Lockheed. Can you imagine a CG Lockheed, Paul? I know Tim probably doesn't care that much, but like CG Lockheed could be a real thing. CG Lockheed with Kitty pride in like a prominent role in the movie, please. Can we do that? Oh, they could do the brood or Paul, they could do Kitty pride and Peter. You know what I mean? Like they could go that direction, yes. like the ultimate direction and have Peter and Kitty dating for like two years like they did in the comics because it actually yeah. tracks and makes sense and they're the same age so go for it yeah they could do break world they could do yeah. all kinds of stuff yeah, yeah that's a cool shit they could do so i'm yeah i'm super hyped for that kind of stuff but yeah there is definitely like sword is a thing that sounds like it could be coming that sounds like it's gonna be captain marvel sequel territory more than anything maybe we'll get yeah. a hint at it when guardians 3 happens just give me a fucking agent maria hill movie i'll watch that too yeah, she was <laughs> she was fun in this. Like, I know that it was a dupe, but yeah. like having her like just be the fixer and like taking out the drone that's going after fake Nick Fury, yeah. with the rocket launcher. I was like, fuck, I love Kobe Smulders, and she can pull this off. I, I, I've never, I'm not a big Kobe Smulders fan, and I don't really like the way they played Maria Hill so far. She's too subservient to Fury so far. But I mean, they haven't killed Nick Fury for her to take over, kind of thing. So she doesn't track like the character that I'm used to yet. But oh yeah, because but the, at the same time, like Maria Hill in the comic book was like meant to be this like replacement, shrill, not yeah. like obvious antagonist to like uh, like she's supposed to be super bureaucratic yeah. and whatnot. And they could still go in that direction if they ever if Sam Jackson ever wants to give up being Nick Fury, which he doesn't. And he can be Nick Fury to the day he drops, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I and I think it. he will be. <laughs> yeah, he probably will probably. be. Too. He'll be wheeling out in like a wheelchair at 90 years old and be like, I'm still Nick Fury. Yelling at Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's still yelling at Spider-Man. I don't give a shit what they do. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I really super loved about this movie? I'm, trying to, I'm looking at like, we didn't, we haven't talked a lot about Hall. I feel like we need to spend mm. a little bit of time talking about his performance because he was really good. Yeah. I thought yeah. he fucking crushed it. Like I bought him at the beginning as like, oh, he's actually playing the hero really well. And then like when he, the switch happens, I was like, he's still kind of playing the hero like he still believes what he's saying like i fucking love the, the whole bit yeah it's good motivation yeah. best fucking mysterio i've ever read or seen or watched or whatever like i was super engaged with this mysterio in a way that i had not been with that character and it was super cool that they did like go back and bring back like fucking people from fucking like the original iron man and movie and shit like that like yeah. the, with the original Ooh. actors and everything that i love I, I love you know i'm a sucker for a legacy and shit like that and you know like long built continuities and so having them go back to those really early movies to bring back some of these characters that stark has fucked over in various ways was great yeah I love that because that actor is the guy from Christmas Story, right? Like the the guy that he yells about yeah. the scraps kind of thing. Yeah. 
So I like that he came back. I was like, oh, that's a good pull that they got that guy back because I guess he's a producer on the movies or something now too. So yeah. he's just kind of around. But man, that like when they pointed him out, I was like, oh fuck, they even got the actor back. Like, yeah. this is, they're so good at this shit. Like just get it. It's one of those things where like if they'd done this in a like a '90s like Batman movie, it would have been like I mean, Billy D. Williams became Tommy Lee Jones, right? Between movies, kind of thing. They wouldn't have cared. Now they're like, no, we'll get the same actors back because they kind of work for us still. Yeah. They're probably on a Marvel. They're probably going to be on a, one of those Disney shows or something coming up. So <laughs> whatever. But you now I think they do an awesome job with that stuff. Yeah. 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 I think that Gyllenhaal nailed that. I don't know. It, he's like kind of a almost Dr. Doom-esque, like chasing the, the bigger brain kind of style yeah. of thing, but in a more like sleazy Silicon Valley kind of way yeah. that I, I, I thought that he like a pitch perfect performance from beginning to end. Yeah. Like he, I really wish they hadn't killed him off. Yeah, me too. I really wanted to see him again. And I hope that we do. Maybe the whole thing was, yeah, like a, a misdirect and we're going to get Mysterio in the sinister six. I really hope that that is true. They must be having some plan for that kind of stuff. Like he's going to be back for that. I feel like the villains in the MCU, like we've always complained about the villain problem in the MCU that they like, and it's only been recently since homecoming with the vulture that people were like, Oh, we really liked the villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, because we never really talked about the villains. Cause they were all kind of boring and generic before. So yeah. now that they have these great villains, stop killing <laughs> them off because I want to, I want a stable of, bad guys the same way i want a stable of heroes you know like we need a, a rogues gallery for spider-man has a great rogues gallery i was gonna say especially spidey whose rogues gallery is like second Legendary. only to the batman yeah. like it's fucking yeah, amazing rogues gallery. there's argument to be made that it might be better like in some some people might argue some, me, but yeah the impact that the rogues gallery has on spider-man's personal life is what makes them more interesting like yeah. the green goblin killing gwen stacy and stuff like and that. that personal like, connection uh, there with yeah, yeah. Yeah. May, like you know that kind yeah. of stuff. yeah like it was it was the kind of like around, like always being around mm-hmm. i feel and like the, now that i think about it the the killing joke makes me think that like they were jealous of the gwen stacy impact and they were they shot barbara gordon almost like in hey response. we can do this too kind of thing mm-hmm. years anyway <laughs> no but if like i really want a sinister six movie just yeah. maybe almost as much as amy pascal does so like maybe yeah. <laughs> let's make this happen and let's get gyllenhaal back in the full, the mix because he was so good if it's an mcu based sin- like i never wanted a sinister six movie that was just like a random sinister six movie i wanted a sinister no. six movie that was like based in uh established spider-man continuity if they're going to start building towards the Sinister Six movie in the MCU, fucking mm-hmm. sign me up. Like, I want to see, I don't know, Green Goblin in the MCU. Absolutely. Like, I want to see yeah. Doc Ock. Like, I want to see that version, you know? Absolutely. Like, oh, like, man. If they brought the, the Doc Ock from the Spider, like the Octavia, uh, what's her name? Olivia? Oh, yeah. Octavia's? Oh, she yeah, was great. There's Olivia Octavius. You got to play the game because the, the, the auto in the game is like my favorite Doc Ock of all time. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So, like, they've got these characters on lockdown now, I think, and it's time to start bringing them into the movies. I know they were, they're shying away from some of the guys that have been done in the Raimi and Webb movies, mm-hmm. but... That's we just, need Doc Ock. Yeah, you have, have to like, have, have Doc Ock and Osborne. Like, they're too clutch to, like, Spider-Man's entire story. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All in good time, though. I like the, like, the fact that they went with Vulture 
and Mysterio first. Yeah. Uh, and then teasing at the Scorpion. Yep. Still got to see that guy actually be Scorpion. That's going to be fucking awesome, too. So yes. that's cool because he was a great actor. He was awesome. And he's in Breaking Bad, right? Like, that's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it two? Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Tuco. So, yeah, Tuco in Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's amazing. You just remember the casting of Michael Keaton. Like, that ah, God, he fucking crushes. <laughs> I just watched the movie. I was like, yeah, he they they've nailed the villain twice in a row on these Spidey movies. Pretty hard. The original Sinister Six was Doctor Octopus, Electro, Craven the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. And so we've got Mysterio, Vulture, and the directors of this movie have said that they want to do a Craven movie, which I would fuck. Yeah, yeah. they do Craven's last and I will pay. Craven is perfect for the next movie because if they're hunting Spider Man, then they can get yeah, like can hire Craven. Yeah, they can get Craven. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if he's still going to be Russian in it. I hope so. Actually, you know, they probably would. Yeah. Right now, they're basically the villains of the entire world. So why would you not yeah. make the Russians? I'm <laughs> yeah. shot for saying that, probably, but that's fine. Or poisoned. It's polonium, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to check for poisoning when you live alone and all you have to eat is macaroni and cheese and fucking. Or, or nerve agent. Oh, well. I guess I could just spike yeah. my weed. There's a way to get to me. Oh man, <laughs> for, I'm excited for Craven because like that's my my goal cosplay for my working out. So I really want. <laughs> can't wait to see what the new costume's gonna look like. Because I don't know if I can pull off the shirt shirtless vest with the lion head thing yeah. and the, oh, the tights, man. but I'm working on it. Working I, on I it. will. I will die if you end up in that costume at some point. Like I'll just uh, <laughs> great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so are any good things that we missed? Any big things that we missed? I liked Flash Thompson in this movie. I thought he was hilarious. I loved the whole, the fact that Spider-Man fucking knocked him out in the middle, in, yeah. on the bus scene. <laughs> I lost my ass off at that for some reason. Like, I just... Did you just punch out. Flash? No. <laughs> but he fucking cold cocked him hard. I was like, holy shit, getting hit by Spider-Man is lucky his jaw's not broken. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's in a group flailing around too quickly. Like, he could really hurt somebody if he hit them hard yeah. like we've seen this spider-man punch fucking thanos in the face so yeah, yeah. getting hit by that it's not a good idea <laughs> I-, I love that he got vindicated at the end with like spider-man follows me on facebook or whatever yeah. it was yeah. just like oh that's so cute again man Fav, like the whole bit with fabs just i love Fav so much yeah he's so good in this so yeah so good i guess we can do final thoughts because i can't think of anything else that i want to add so final thoughts tim Give us your final thoughts and a, a score out of 10. Uh, I'm happy to give this easily 8 out of 10. Um, it's good, fun, funny, lots of great bits. But like I said, the facts that it was pretty predictable and had like those one or two big plot holes probably detract a little bit for me. So yeah, 9 out of 10. Definitely would recommend anybody that's into MCU definitely see this because it does tie in and it's also definitely clearly a launching point for uh, where some of the future directions of the MCU are going to. Mm-hmm. Mark, how about you? Um, this is a 9.5 out of 10 for me. It just, like, me being able to walk in and know so much of the plot going in was a little bit of a detractor for me. Other than that, like, it's so well done. And again, Spider-Joy, boys. Like, I just, <laughs> if I could just get, like, a dose of this every six months, I think I'd be okay. You know, they need to be <laughs> doing this quality of Spider-Man work every six months for me, and I'd be fine. But that's not going to happen, so... Hey, we've got Spider-Verse 2 coming out, too. I know, there's a lot of cool Spider-Man stuff happening. We're going to get that sequel to the game. I know it's only two years away before we see Tom, like, put the suit on again kind of thing. These are Sony movies, right? They're going to be coming out at a more steady clip than anything else is going forward. So, I mean, this is like, this is the kind of Spider-Man live-action movie franchise that I've dreamed of my entire life. And I'm so happy that I have it now that 
you can almost do anything and I'll be fine with it as long as I don't know. They just nail it. They get Spider-Man, keep making the movies, 9.5 out of 10. Go see it. Yeah. My main concern is that Holland is, you know, with any like younger actor is that Holland's going to eventually sort of age out of these movies before we're ready to let go of him. My but Spider-Man can age. Like that's the beauty of Spider-Man is that you don't have to keep him in high school. Like they do one more high school age movie and then he's college age and you don't have to have to think about it anymore. Like he's just in his twenties and Holland's going to look yeah. pretty young for a long time. I think so. I think we're okay. I think yeah. We're yeah in the movies it just doesn't seem like historically they haven't wanted to have a spider-man that's you know looks like he's in his 20s they're always like he's got to be constantly like 15 16 kind of thing i think continuity is important enough to the mcu that if they can keep an actor around for like a decade they obviously will and that's basically yeah. what it looks like we're gonna get it's like a, a decade maybe a little bit more than that like a decade plus of tom holland spider-man and then yeah. we get to swap them out for miles and we get to start all over again so hopefully I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was consequential enough that like it felt like an important movie, but still was like kind of breezy and just like easy to get into at the same time, you know, like, and as Mark said, like, this is the kind of the live action Spider-Man we've been waiting for, in my opinion, like this, this blows the Raimi movies out of the water. And obviously the, the Andrew Garfield movies. We, we shall not speak of those, but like, <laughs> yeah, first one was fine. That second one was, one was fine. a piece of fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah the second one. Whew. The yeah. second one was so, an interesting piece of uh, filmmaking. So, yeah. yeah. One of the things I like about these movies is that the things that make them unique, like uh, Jacob Batalon as Ned and Zendaya as MJ, like the choices that they're making to make them very distinctly their own thing is elevates it above what other Spider-Man movies have been in the past. Yeah. And like, I just love that they can incorporate those kinds of things while still staying so true to the Spider-Man character and Spider-Man storylines. And just it, the, I think the execution is almost flawless for the most part. Yeah. You might want to work on that marketing though. Yeah. I think we're at a point where like, we can also have a Spider-Man who historically in the comics is always kind of the center hub of the Marvel universe. Like he's always the one guest appearing in everybody else's stuff or has guest appearing in his movies. I like that he's the center of this very interconnected MCU universe the most, because even little things like where he references that, yeah, Thor used to be myth, and now we study him in physics class. Like that kind of stuff comes so yeah. naturally to the Spider-Man character. Yeah, that it's I'm just so happy he's here in the MCU in that shared universe. That yeah, like that that's an advantage that these movies have in my heart over the other ones because the other ones didn't have access to like throw the Avengers Tower in the background and me to mm-hmm. notice. It like ha, the Avengers are still around like that's cool so yeah like that's that's also a big benefit to these movies um it's finally letting Spider-Man be part of that interconnected universe that he's historically a huge part of right so yeah 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 I don't know there was an easter egg about uh like a at the Avengers Tower where it said one two three question mark get ready for what's next and that like people thought oh, oh it's a phase four thing but some people are saying it might be a fantastic four easter egg and that'll be coming like, so eventually sure that, that the avengers tower yeah. becomes four freedoms plaza maybe yeah the baxter company buys it and they yeah you know, Baxter building. and they got a lot of bad will to make up for on those though yeah they won't do a fantastic four movie before you love those characters so much in other movies that you're screaming for that movie to happen yeah you know yeah. How kevin yeah we'll start backdooring him <laughs> freezing <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> we can have the classic um, Spider-Man wants to join the Fantastic Four 
thing. And then they're like, uh, we're a not-for-profit organization. And he just bolts, you know, <laughs> we don't pay. Sorry. As long as him and Johnny are super BFFs, you know what I mean? Like that's all I care. Oh yeah. Yeah. Peter is like superhero buddy. He needs a superhero buddy. I was curious to see, they haven't given him and Shuri any time together. And I thought like, well, maybe she's probably much older than he is now. Never yeah. that much. Like you'd think they would like if they had a scene together, they'd probably vibe really good. And I was like, oh, when are we going to see that scene? Because that's got to be event mm. vibe, right? Like, yeah. So yes, I hope so. Like, when she takes over for Black Panther and he's still Spider Man, absolutely. Like, let's do this. Yeah, Sh- Shuri and Pete together. That sounds like yeah. No, I, I. There's so many character interactions. This is the joy of this. Like, we can guess about them and like just anticipate them if they ever happen awesome because we know that they would be so good and but if they don't that's fine there's so many other character interactions that could possibly happen that we might have not even thought about it yet i think i honestly i think that jury peter once somebody's got that in the back of their head as probably the kitty pride style romance for this peter because i Mm. almost guarantee you that's a road somebody wants to go down somewhere so i'd be into that for sure i would totally be into that fun Peter just like stealing a Quinjet to go visit his girlfriend in Wakanda. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So let's get into our geek cred where we make a geeky recommendation of something that we have liked for a long time or we're into these days. So what's your geek cred this week? Mark, we'll go with you. I'm just going to reiterate what I said earlier and you should all watch <laughs> Edward. Yeah, it's basically a masterclass in like TV making. So you should go watch it. It's amazing. And that movie... Man, they killed that movie. I'll watch Ian McShane and Timothy Oliphant play those characters. Like if they could, if they wanted to do it again. I'd watch it again. So, yeah, if you haven't watched Deadwood, you're in for a extremely violent, very swear heavy treat. And if you have watched it, watch it again, and then watch the movie. Because why would you not want to go back to Deadwood? That's my thing. All right, one. thanks, Tim. What's yours? I binged through Stranger Things this past week, season three, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than season two. Yep. I don't want to go too much into depth into it because I think we probably are pretty likely to end up doing an episode covering it. But yeah, if you have not, you know, if you've been holding off because maybe you didn't weren't crazy about season two or anything, I would say definitely go back and watch Stranger Things season three. So much fucking fun. It's just that, yeah. you know, retro 80s romp and the fucking never-ending story moment is an instant classic. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I I enjoyed it so much that I got through it in a day. I basically watched it in one day. Yeah, I think after you guys left, I started watching it, and I stayed up and finished it that night. Like, nice. I enjoy I enjoyed it that much. It was really good. I had a really good time with yeah. Stranger Things this year. I did last year too, except for that one episode that kind of just like killed everything for yeah. me. Yeah, um, but yeah, this year was a lot of fun, and I'm it'll be fun to do an episode about it if uh, we're all caught up. Yeah, for my geek credit of the week, I'm recommending a book. Um, so Lois McMaster Bujold is a fantasy writer, and she's been around for a really long time. Best known for a series called the Vorkosigan Saga, which is a sci-fi adventure series. But the books that I'm recommending are from her series, The World of Five Gods. The first book is The Curse of Chalion, and then there's Paladin of Souls and The Hallowed Hunt. And all three of these books are excellent. I was given Paladin of Souls in university for a a feminist sci-fi fantasy class, and I loved it. And so I went back and read The Curse of Chalion and The Hallowed Hunt, and I adore these books. They're so well written and they have they have a mythology kind of the, with the feeling of Game of Thrones, but it definitely leans heavier into the magic side of things. So it doesn't like 
pussyfoot around magic the way that Game of Thrones does. It's like really like we know magic exists. Certain people are gifted with certain connections to certain gods and basically follows one character through an entire pilgrimage or arc with one particular god. So in the Paladin of Souls, this character is connected to the mother goddess and she has an entire arc about how she's connected and she's a revered person in the world, but at the same time, people really are afraid of her and mistrust her. So check out the Chalian uh, World of Five Gods series by Lois McMaster Bujold. It is excellent. But it's been a really long time since we've had a book. This is like, a, <laughs> it's been like 12, no, four. A book? What's that? Yeah. No, I mean, like in this series, like there's supposed to be five books and there's only been three. And it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. we, we're really waiting on those last two books. Sounds like a pattern here. <laughs> ah. So yeah, anyway, check it out. I really wish these fantasy writers would have this shit planned out before they start their series and they get popular so that when somebody recommends them to me, I don't have the same thought I have with Game of Thrones books where I'm like, I'm not starting this shit till they fucking finish it. Yeah. Like, I just refuse yeah. to start shit if it's not done for me to finish it. Yeah. That's just, be, yeah, drives just me infuriating. nuts. The, so these yeah. books are self-contained enough that it's not like okay. it's not this big overarching story. Each story is very self-contained. They do reference each other for sure. But you can read Paladin of Souls and not have read The Curse of Chalion, and it's fine. So, yeah. Anyway, enjoy. So (laughs) so thank you very much for tuning in to our Spider-Man Far From Home episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe, which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you thought about Spider-Man Far From Home or any of the news or geek cred or anything else we've talked about. So drop us a line at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So that concludes everything. Say good night, Tim. It's night monkey. Night monkey. All right. <laughs> Say good night, Mark. Good night. Have an awesome week, guys. And I've been Paul. Have a wonderful week. Bye.